What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome back to the one and only Cavs the Podcast, featuring commentary from all of your favorite Cavs the Blog bloggers. Welcome to another edition of Cavs the Blog Podcast. I'm sorry. What is it called, Tom? Cavs the Podcast. <laughs> I'm here with uh, Tom Pestak and one evil genius. Hey, uh, as we, uh, it's a late summer, uh, maybe early fall uh, podcast. Indian uh, summer. Indian summer. The dog days. Well, it really is Indian summer, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, last night the Tribe won a 1-0 game and was it the 10th? Yeah, with, yeah. The, with their ninth reliever of the evening, a record-setting ninth reliever. Ninth reliever with no ninth reliever of shutout. Or a ninth baseball. pitcher, eighth reliever, ninth pitcher total. Yeah, yeah. of shutout baseball. Yeah. The problem they, is now uh, was it Carrasco's out too? He broke his yeah. hand. And so, yeah, he, sorry, yeah. he had a non-displaced fracture of the fifth metatarsal, which basically means he broke his pinky finger. So if you look at no Brantley, no Carrasco, no Salazar. And no Gomes. Yeah. Gomes, oh, yeah. Gomes was ready to come back, and he got hit by a pitch in the wrist, <laughs> fractured his wrist, and now he's done yeah. for the year, too. In the minor leagues? Uh, in the minor leagues, yeah. Jeez, he was literally worried. supposed to catch Kluber on Friday night, and that's what that's what happened. It's uh, just so I'm worried. I'm really worried they're going to run out of steam. Healthy pitching. <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah. But I will say it's been a, a heck of a year so far. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, this has been, I, I think this team is even more likable than, what was it, the 2007 team? Yeah, 2007. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think It's a really right. likable team. A lot of guys that are really fun to watch. 
a lot of great situational clutch hitters. Um, some they're fun to watch. So I'm I'm hoping that the tribe kind of continue in, into into the battles of October. So. Well, I think that's what really I've really been impressed with. And it was even evident when the three of us went to that game earlier in the summer was that it just feels like it's it's contagious. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what happened with the Cavs carried over to the to this Indians team and they've got that same kind of mentality. They don't maybe have I guess their LeBron is kind of like Terry Francona. You know what I mean? Like they they've got <laughs> their their guy. That's the guy that keeps this team together. Sure, like like, well, I was reading an article about how. When that when, when when that happened to Carrasco yesterday, after two like two pitches into the game, he gets hit, and and Francona like calls down to he called down to Jason Beret, who's the one of the the bullpen coaches, and said, "Tell these guys to get their seatbelts on. We're gonna we're gonna win this game, and we're gonna do it with as many guys as it takes." And you like get chills hearing stuff like that because you're like, that's the kind of stuff that you you know winning organizations. That's what happens. You know, you have those stories, and you're like. Okay, you know, like they may not win it all this year, but maybe this is the maybe this is the team from last year for the Cavs that, you know, just by attrition, they still wound up going a really long like within two games of the championship, but it took, you know, they just too many injuries and it it needed the next year to to happen. So maybe it'll be like that, who knows. Yeah, but. and that's kind of the way I mean, not with the injuries as much, but that's kind of the way it worked for KC the last two years. So Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And, and not that I want to say, oh, wait for next year, because that's very Cleveland, and we, oh. we are in a post-Cleveland malaise era. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. We are. Yeah. I so. think somebody, on somebody I, like this morning on ESPN, I think it was what's the, the Cleveland guy, Jay, uh, um, you know, the guy, the guy for, I always forget his last name, uh, and the, the ESPN anchor, but he was interviewing Jim Brown, because they were they unveiled the statue today for Jason, Jason Gibbs. No, Jay, Jay Crawford. Jay, yeah, Jay Crawford. Thank you. So he was interviewing Jim Brown live, out, like post unveiling the finally the Jim Brown statue out in front of uh, Cleveland Stadium, and you know, and then some, one of the announcers like was, was like, "Can we stop talking Cleveland already?" And it was just kind of funny. To think yeah. like, well, like no one ever would, no one ever wants to talk about The only time you ever yeah. talked about Cleveland before, you know, it was like, oh, 50 some years, you know. Yeah. Now you can't say it. Yeah. Now you can't say it. Yeah. Because, and I hate, so this is my, my hate is I don't like when people say the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead. I like to huh. say the Cavs overcame a 1-3 deficit. Yeah, <laughs> the Cavs. Either way it. you look at it, either way you look at it, it's NBA history. So it is. It, it that away. One of the one of the funnest moments of my life. So yep, yep. So, uh, but this is not an Indians blog. No, that's right. It's not tribe. Blog. It's not tribe. The the podcast. It's <laughs> Cavs the podcast. Cavs the podcast. Yeah. So. Um, it, we're, we haven't had a podcast in a while, and uh, some stuff has come up. We've got uh, Iman Shumpert with his uh, DUI, and also I feel like the whole off season has kind of revolved around Iman Shumpert because yeah. Tom and I talked a little bit. It, it really was the Cavs decided to keep Iman Shumpert over Matthew Delavdova, right. and Iman Shumpert uh, apparently. From what I read, they are not opposed to the idea of him being a backup point guard, but they have asked <laughs> him to lose 15 pounds, 
or lose some weight, which he has done. Um, and I didn't see he had that much weight to lose. Especially yeah, I mean, what, that video. I mean, he was that, like Larry that crazy Houston. video with his wife. He that, wasn't Larry they, Hughes. They he was. Uh, he's built. I mean, he's built like a strong safety. <laughs> you know, he's not built like Larry. Larry Hughes was skinny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. we certainly we certainly saw a lot of him and his wife in that music video. <laughs> in the Kanye video, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, it was revealing. It, so interesting. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I wrote the point forward last week, basically saying, uh, "Why did we keep Delhi over a guy who's not smart enough to use Uber?" <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I really, I, in well, this so day and age, there's such an error in judgment. I mean, I feel like they should think? call it something else other than DUI when it's not alcohol. When it's when it's weed, it feels like it should be called something else, right? Like DWI or something. <laughs> a DUW driving. Yeah. Weed. D- yeah, driving under the influence of weed. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you think uh, LeBron had anything to do with the decision to allow Delhi um, to leave? Because immediately after he got offered that deal by Milwaukee, LeBron tweeted out like, "Basically, thanks for the memories. Good luck. <laughs> so long, and thanks for all the fish." I mean, do yeah. you think he just already knew that they weren't going to match, or do you yeah. think that was sort of like him? Well, it was oddly reminiscent of the one he sent to Moscow. So maybe, maybe so. <laughs> yeah, maybe they did. Well, and I mean, it was sort of like remember when um, Andrew Wiggins didn't show up in the essay, and everyone was like, "Oh, he's gone." <laughs> and then, sure enough, sure enough, he was he was dangled for Kevin yeah. Love. Yeah. So I I wondered about that because I couldn't believe LeBron did that. I was like, wait a minute, he's restricted. Like the very very rarely do restricted free agents not get matched unless someone offers them like a max contract and it's just not worth it for the other team to match. Delhi was offered probably market value or maybe slightly below market value for this insane off season. So I was a little gonna, bit surprised. I'm gonna LeBron say did. I'm gonna say it had everything to do with Tyron Lou. And I think Part of that is part of LeBron's reaction to that was the with the relationship he forged with Ty Lue. I think you know they've 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 seemingly got you know their their uh, their thoughts aligned, and I mean it's pretty obvious that that Tyron Lue wasn't going to use Delhi. I mean, after the you saw in yeah. the playoffs, like the way yeah, at least like he used the Warriors. Yeah, well, yeah, but he used Mo Williams, and Mo Williams is like, I mean, I, look, he I was awful. Yeah, he was All awful. Season. I mean, he's and in the playoffs, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't actually. I thought a lot of Ty Lue's lineup decisions were puzzling all throughout the playoffs. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it, it, some of them, it's not really controversial to say that was dumb. Like it, it made no sense to not play. Channing Fry at all, and then suddenly yep. it's like, oh yeah, we got this guy Channing Fry that can drop twenty seven points when we need it to win a playoff game. It's like, well, you, I mean, you've had him the whole time. Why, why did you not try him and playing him at all? I mean, him getting DMPs just made no sense. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and then they ran that um, lineup, <laughs> uh, the LeBron Deli pick and roll with uh, with Richard Jefferson cutting back door. Yeah. And um and uh JR and um Channing Fry spotting up and it was just unguardable by Toronto for like three straight games and then game one against um 
the Warriors. I mean, I know they got kind of punched in the mouth, but they just never really even tried that again. Yeah. So that was a little bit weird. And then, yeah, seeing Mo Williams in game seven, I, I mean, I'm just glad I don't have to even think about that anymore because they won. But <laughs> well, in yeah, the moment, I was like biting my arm off. I was so <laughs> oh, yeah. Upset. Oh, dear well, God, no. What's interesting, yeah. Tom, I went back and reread that. I think it was your, I think it was your, it was your recap or, or some of, of one of those games. But, you know, it was that whole like, we don't know. When it, it's just, you know, when it's don't know, oh, like, yeah. it's, you, you yeah, can't really yeah. figure it out because, and the truth is, is like, well, it was everything that was the opposite of what we thought they should be yeah. doing. They did. Yeah. And it worked. So it, it just kind of, it was like, nobody, it was like a big, like, well, nobody knows anything because they're just, you know, it's the most inefficient, you know, like ISO driven, like just two guys yeah. taking on the, you know, it was, and that's what it was. And that's what it ultimately, you know, and look, they figured it out. And they and the result ultimately bore out. So you know, I mean, if they'd have lost, we we could have crucified them for months about what what didn't go right. But the truth is, they they chose that way to go, and it and it worked. It paid off. So I guess as long as it's working, and I <laughs> may not be the I greatest thing to watch. Moment. <laughs> I would yeah. trade a moment. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it it, it was a strange choice. So. You know, going forward, Iman Shumpert, backup point guard, I think we all, like, saw those moments that, you know, he played like Tragic Johnson at times in, uh, <laughs> in, in, the, in the finals and in the playoffs. And, you know, www.pleasestopdribblingshump.com. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he did have some higher usage seasons with the Knicks where he didn't put up terrible numbers. Um, yeah. Is that a role that he can play, or are we going to see no. Kay Felder? Are we going to see, you know, Jordan McRae, or is it, you know, the player to be named later? Uh, what are we going to see? No, I though? think it's, I think it's, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just Kyrie and LeBron, and if it's yeah. neither of them, it's garbage time. One way Kay or the Felder. other. Yeah. K. Feller, killer shrimp. I'm all. I'm all in. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't think it matters, and I know that's probably like a, a cop out to say that. But the truth is, I mean, I guess we'll see the first couple of games because Shepard will be suspended for at least two or three games, right? Something like that. That that's the guess. I mean, it I hasn't think, come down yet, right? Officially, what, what was it? I, I I reported on it that the the similar. Uh, situations was a two-game suspension, but it may not be the beginning of the season because the case may need to be adjudicated before right. uh, before the suspension comes down. So oh, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So I, I, I have a I have a yeah. I have a theory. I, you can finish, eg, because I got a well, theory that the only take- thing the only thing I'll say about this is I think I think I think you guys are right that you've got between Kyrie and LeBron. Those guys are always going to, those guys will be handling the ball about 85 to 90% of the time, anyways. So it's not going to matter a ton. But look, I think, I think JR can bring the ball up. I think Iman can bring the ball up. I think that Kay Felder will, will see how much time he, he actually gets. I'm actually not that sold on, on uh, McCray, mainly because McCray is a shot. He's more of like a hard, a hardened light. Like he's a guy that, He's only really looking for his own shot. He's not really looking for anybody else's shot. He's just looking to take drive the ball to the hole or jack up a shot. Like that's just kind of his game. Well, the so one I thing really I, see- I would counter 
uh, EG, was that if you look at the last game of the regular season, you saw a little bit of that, but he also was setting up teammates, and I think it's a little different between that and Summer League, where yeah, Summer that's League, true. That's you're just point. trying to work out your game, and, you know, yeah, you're, you're, why are you going to pass the guys that are never going to make the team, you know? When, <laughs> or when, make a shot. <laughs> yeah, you know, when you're with much better players, you're a lot more likely to pass. Yeah, so good point. I, I think he... That, I think a lot of this is going to work itself out in preseason. I mean, I think there's some meaningful preseason decisions to be made here because the mainline guys are not going to play a ton of minutes. And as we have talked about, you know, a lot of these decisions aren't guys who are going to play in the playoffs, but those regular season minutes where guys need a night off or, you know, maybe maybe a guy needs a rest or tweaks his, you know, I'm not going to name an injury because I'm going to jinx somebody, but somebody tweaks something and you need somebody to fill in. Those are the times you need those, the third point guard and the, you know, the, the second or third small forward. Those are the times you need those guys. And you don't want to step backwards when they're on the court. So, right. That's a good point. So hopefully, you know, they get some guys to fill in and, you know, and, and we have certain, uh, commenters that say, oh, this guy's garbage, he'll never play, it doesn't matter whether he plays, but it does matter on a random night in January, you know. Yeah. So. No, and I and it does seem like they'll keep at least one spot open all season, whether it's for tax purposes or to have the ability and the flexibility to pick somebody up, because you never know. You never well, know every, who, who I mean, the this last year's Ty Lawson might be, yeah. you know. The last two years, the 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 additions have been huge. I mean, I, I don't think you can argue that uh, Channing Frye was an enormous addition, uh, at least from a locker room standpoint and, a, and from, you know, the playoffs going into the finals. And the year before that, you, you know, you had Mozgov, Shumpert, and J.R. Smith. So the Cavs are definitely not opposed to making changes during the regular season. So Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to see what Dunleavy's got left. Me, yeah, too. me too, and I keep forgetting that he's on the team. And the and Dunleavy is a guy that's played a little bit of point, but I don't think he has the the explosiveness anymore. But he's a very good passer, a very good system player, and a very good shooter. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, he can give him something. Hmm. Um, Not exactly, huh? No, I said I said exactly. I'm just curious though. Like I know there was a lot of buzz about. Getting back to Shumpert, there's a lot of buzz about them. The Cavs maybe trying to shop him, given his recent issues. And I know then, then I, you know, then I saw, well, I saw a, a, a video with him and Kyrie working out on Miami Beach. You know, just just like over the weekend. So who knows? I mean, hard, well, hard to tell. Windhorst reported very often last year that the Cavs were pretty disappointed with Shumpert. That you know, they invested a lot of money in him because he was younger than J.R. Smith. And uh, there were whispers that he cared more about his rap career and his brand and everything else than um, rehabbing and getting back on the basketball court and just being a good, solid player. And, um, I mean, he, I think he was definitely one of the, other than Mozgov, I would say he was like the second biggest disappointment on the Cavs last year. Yeah. Because... Uh, he was not part of the top seven throughout the season. I mean, not even close. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, you know, they used him in the finals, but his plus minus wasn't great. And offensively, I thought, 
you know, I, I, I remember, I'll never forget his four point play, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, overall he was, um, he was hijacking the offense a lot and there was a lot of turnovers and it just wasn't pretty, yeah. oh, wasn't was, smart. What was the game where Delhi did play in the finals and Shumpert never passed to him, just ran down the yeah. court and turned the ball. Yeah. Away. Twice, twice in a row. And then, yeah. yeah and then they, those guys kind of got the early yank and then, uh, we didn't really see much of well, I don't think we saw Delhi at all the rest of the finals after that. Yeah. I think that was game two. But um and, so and, I wanted and to really worth is a guy that consistently re- uh ripped Shumpert and is, you know, is kind of obliviousness on defensive rotations. And so, you know, what oh, yeah. Like, yeah. losing guys and yeah. Yeah. So But I'm I wanted to talk to about you. the uh the point guard situation because I have a prediction and it's sort of based on some theories I have. So I feel like the finals, um, one, you can add this to the list of things that, that before and after the finals, how much the world has changed. And it's, you know, it's pretty minor in comparison to what it did for the city of Cleveland and how it changed the NBA landscape and maybe what it caused Kevin Durant to move to uh, San Francisco and you know all kinds of other things you can play that butterfly effect game but another thing I think it did is I don't think we'll ever see the LeBron James as a Carl Malone 2.0 that I think a lot of people over the last you know early in LeBron's career I think people looked at him and said man if this guy can stay healthy he's just got such an amazing body and court vision and he's ambidextrous he's playing like a point guard but he's really built like a power forward right um and so by you know by the time lebron was kind of dominating the league there was a lot of sort of like can you imagine this guy will still be good when he's 36 because he's still going to be that big he's still going to be ambidextrous he's still going to have the court vision if he can ever learn like a post up game he's got carl malone's body that's what a lot of people used to say and I think what we saw this year was that he is a devastating player when he rolls in the pick and roll. And he does it begrudgingly, and it's been few and far between throughout his career. But um, Delhi was the one player that he sort of let handle the ball when he was on the court and not just stand in the corner and wait to bail out the team. He would actually run sets and try to get the ball in space and it was beautiful, and it and it really devastated the Raptors. I I mean, just they had no answer for that. But um, yeah, it, so it's it's uh, the Warriors are up three to one. Delhi's nowhere to be found, and the Cavs win three straight, largely based on the offensive output of ISO Kyrie and ISO LeBron. And it was face up LeBron. It was. on long twos and threes, LeBron. And I feel like, look, at this point, LeBron could could retire now and be considered a top five player of all time. He he would have won the MVP even if the Cavs would have lost that series. Um, And there's two things now that are going to be part of the LeBron narrative and the LeBron legacy going forward that he's keenly aware of. The first is going to be that he's probably not going to catch Michael Jordan in titles, but he did something in the finals that was so wacky that it got us all to forget about the last 16 years of advanced stats and to go back to basic box score stats. And that was he led every single category. Hmm. He led, you know what I mean? And so 
even though we're in a post box score stats world where it's all about RPM and, and all these efficiencies and war and all that, anytime you can combine like four or five or six, to, you know, the triple double will never die because it's just catchy. People like it, you know, 10, yep. 10, 10, you know, Jason Kidd would get these 10, 10, 10 triple doubles. LeBron would get these 35, 12, 10 triple doubles, but they would put them up side by side like they were the same thing because it's kind of neat. So LeBron leading in every basic statistical category is a thing that everyone made a big deal about, and they're still making a big deal about it. And I saw some tweets from ESPN Stats and Info the other day showing all-time finals. I don't know if it was per game or total aggregate. LeBron is like really high up in a ton of categories, like not just points and not just assists, but also rebounds and steals and blocks and minutes and games and wins. So I feel like LeBron's legacy is not going to be he surpassed Michael Jordan because he won seven titles. It's going to be, well, he won enough titles that we don't have to even really talk about that. And he let, you know, he's the all-time leader in like playoff history or NBA history or finals history in a combination of stats. He's going to be like Oscar Robertson in the present with more titles and a better overall player. And I think he's going to gun for that now. And so instead of, you know, conserving energy um, by playing off the ball, rolling on the pick and roll LeBron, I think we are going to see 22-year-old face-up LeBron playing Magic Johnson point forward for the rest of his days. And he is going to, even if his shooting percentages fall a little bit, um, he has carte blanche. No one is going to tell him how to play at this point. No one is going to even suggest how he should play at this point. And I think that's what he's always been most comfortable with. And now he doesn't have any pressure on him to try to change for any reason whatsoever. And yeah. so I think without Delhi there as the backup point guard, Kyrie's not a great point guard from a from a pure point perspective. He's an incredible shooting guard. Um I think you're just going to see a ton of LeBron with the rock. And I'm not saying it's even a bad thing. I mean, that's how they won the finals, right? They, they, they tried the fanciness and the Warriors to switch everything. And it was mucking up the Cavs. And so the Cavs were like, all right, screw this. We're just going to try to do simple pick and rolls until we get a favorable ISO matchup. And we're going to go to work. And it worked. Yep. And, yep. you know. There's more than one way to uh, to skin a cat, and the, the man, the the cat's just. They so I, I just cat. feel like I feel, <laughs> I feel like this this finals will like reverberate for so long. Like it was, well, just the other day, um, Cleveland Jackson was on Twitter, and he was just speculating. Like, has there ever been a bigger shot actually in NBA history than Kyrie's? And there there are no game seven game winners. Because there's only been a couple game sevens that were close, like in the, in the five, finals. Like, in the yeah. finals, yeah. There's only been a couple game sevens in the finals that were close at the end. I looked through every single one and I watched videos of the end of them, and none of them feature a signature shot like that. Now, there's plenty of game six signature shots, like there's of course Michael Jordan's crossover step back um, or the push off. If you're a Jazz fan, on. <laughs> Brian Russell or Byron Russell, but Kyrie's was in game seven, arguably a bigger deal on the road, on the road. And, um, 
you could definitely make the argument that that was the biggest shot in NBA history, which I, I mean, none of us really realized that as it happened. And likewise, I think we realized it shortly thereafter. But in the moment, I don't think anyone realized LeBron's block on Iguodala could be probably the second greatest defensive play of all time behind Havlicek stole the ball, which yeah. was the end of game seven as well. It was a steal right at the end of game seven to seal the yeah, game. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's the greatest block. It is. It might be the single greatest basketball play I've ever seen. Yeah, and in the moment we in didn't even mo- really think. Know, yeah, the, in the, the moment, I mean, the amount of the amount of floor he covered, in the amount of time, and and, to, and the the weight of that situation. Oh yeah, no, it was it was. I mean, look, he's it's it's funny because he's always been known for the chase down block. I mean, that's been a, a point of it's been a hallmark of his career, and it's funny that it was the thing that I mean, I, I remember I. I, I was I, I made I was making a bet with a certain commenter that I think the days of seeing LeBron do that were were in the rear view because you know it just didn't feel like in that first year back he was really we we didn't see him do it for most of the year and it just felt like well maybe it's just you know look that's just part of getting older you lose a step whatever right but to see him you know, you know then to come back and do something like that and then have that be such a signature moment like it's just it's superhuman it really is I mean you you. Yeah. You think about the the greatness that we get to watch, you know, and we all, t- I mean, I know I, I, I could speak for myself saying that I take it for granted that, oh yeah, we I, I root for the Cavs, I always have, and I get to watch LeBron James play the game. Well, you know what, like people, people years from now and decades from now, generations from now will say like, wow, that's amazing. You actually got to see LeBron James play the game. I, I don't know. I just feel like we, we live in this, this odd time of you know of uh, you know like i like this tom mentioned like seeing that hearing about that shot and and thinking about that shot like we were also wrapped up in the holy crap can they win they could, they end, yeah. could they end the the curse i mean it was all right. it's all cleveland centric stuff but when you really take the long view and you and you get that you know you get some perspective from it like we've been able to this past summer it's kind of unbelievable the sequence of events that happen. I mean, it's just, yeah. you couldn't script it any better. I mean, it's, it's real, really, you, you wouldn't believe it if it was a, you know, if someone told you and you said, Oh, we're going to make the movie of, of the, the Cavs coming back to win the title over, over this basically on, you know, what the greatest regular season team of all time. And that, that I mean, looked it, like a shoe in after three, one. Oh Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, well, yeah, it looked like a shoe-in before the series started, although the Cavs played well leading up to there. But certainly after game two, it was like, well, this is over. And then after game four, again, it was like, well, no team has ever come back from 3-1. And the Cavs aren't, they don't, you know, they only have one more game at home. Yep. Uh, yeah, you just throw so many things on top yeah, of it. And, but, but I uh, mean, and I still say when they got to game seven, that is when... The Warriors, they started playing afraid. Yeah. You know, and they started like, holy crap, this could actually happen to us. And it started snowballing, and the Cavs, you know, from from game five on, never played afraid. You know, never yeah, I, I played. I totally agree. I mean, I watched a lot of the Warriors in the regular season. It, it you know, <laughs> I was terrified of them. And I can tell you, throughout the regular season, 
Festus Azili was a <laughs> fright. We, he was a YOLO dive man center that was always, yeah. you know, rim shaking when anyone would collapse, blocking shots. I mean, he was like a little mini Tyson Chandler, you know, just kind of young. That dude looked so hideous in game seven. LeBron totally yeah. ate his lunch that whole game. You know, they just a, a lot of those guys just started to get exposed a little bit. I think all of their uh, all their big men did us when once Bogut went down. Except for Draymond, I mean, he played well, but yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I read a thing the other day. It was so great. It's like the Cavs after the first <laughs> half of Game Seven said basically Golden State's entire offense was Draymond hitting shots at a rate he never hit shots at in right. the first half. And so it was like, okay, you know, if that's what's going to happen to win, we can win this game. And they certainly were right. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's funny to me. It's like every one of these podcasts we've had all summer, and I think we've had like three or four podcasts this summer, it's all been, okay, we've got this list of things to talk about it. And then like halfway through, we just end up gushing about the finals. About the finals, yeah. <laughs> but hard not to, man. It's hard oh, not it's to. hard not to. I mean, it was... It's one of the great moments, I think, in, in American sports history. Yeah. I mean, you look at the parade was oh, yeah. 1.3 million people. But and they had another parade... big one. They had another one, a big one for LeBron in China just last week. Oh, really? Did yeah. you see the pictures of that? No. No. Ah, I should. Did Donald Trump's kid tweet it out as, like, uh, another Trump rally? <laughs> yeah, no. No, but, like, literally, like LeBron did his, like, annual, his annual Nike trip to China. Okay. And they literally threw him this, uh, like, a, like a, almost like a doppelganger parade just for him down the streets of, like, uh, awesome. Beijing or wherever he was. Yeah. Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> So, I'm just glad. I mean, just think of how relieved. I mean, we've had such a relaxing summer. I I just if they had have lost this summer, it would just be awful. We would just be sitting here like, well, should they trade Kyrie? Should they trade and, Kevin Love? And let's be honest, it would be terrible. Probably be like the worst Kevin thing. Durant would still be a Warrior this year. Do you think Kevin Durant would have gone to the Warriors if they'd have won, or would he have looked too much like a front runner then? I mean, he still uh, looks like a front runner. I don't know. I don't know. But I, know, I don't think they. I mean, I don't think they would have messed with it. Why mess with I it? Know if, they, that, if they were up, if they were up, if they'd have, let's say they'd have gone on to win four one, right, or even or even four two, and won a second straight championship. I, I what's the what's the incentive? What's the incentive? Larry to Larry Ellison always TV? thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> Everyone who Ooh. works with the Warriors don't always think it. they're the smartest guy in the room. That Look, they, they gutted their they gutted their front court to make that happen. Well, they gutted their center position for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you can, I'm just get it- so I'm just so happy. I just can't even imagine all the should LeBron leave Cleveland a second time. You know, I, it just it'd be unbearable, and it'd be unbearable well, thinking about like, okay, these are two of LeBron's prime years. He's not getting any. I mean, I'm just so happy he got it done. It's such a huge weight off of everyone's shoulders, you know, and it's just yeah. going to next year. It's just going to be fun. It's just going to be yeah. loose. Like, you know, it, it's all great. Yeah, I remember, I remember when um, LeBron came back saying he's probably going to be here a long time so we can all just relax. We don't have to like win at all costs, but 
that lasted about six months. And then it was like, <laughs> no, I think we do need to win. But now it's really like, we got it. We got it. I, you know, the Warriors can sign, um, I don't know, Anthony Davis next year for nothing too and just win 82 games. I don't care. I, I really don't care. The Cavs got their championship. All I needed was one. I mean, I'd yep. like more, but all I needed was one. I'm so happy, and it's just, it's so awesome. It's like my whole outlook on sports is different after this. Every, the way I think about everything is different. It's so weird. It's yeah. true. The little, the little minutia, it's just kind of, it's almost more entertaining now than something to have anxiety over. Yeah, because and, it's and like, it made me really we, realize. We won. You, can't, you can never take it away. You anything know? is possible, you know. Yep. You know, within reason, you know, a seventh grade girls basketball team isn't going to beat the Cavs, but unless <laughs> you're coaching them. Well, well that's true. But, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, it, it's totally just, you know, nothing, nothing is given. Everything is earned. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's totally true. So and, and I totally feel like, you know, one of the things I've heard about is LeBron is working on his uh, three point shot again. Uh, he wants to reconstruct his shot and be a much better shooter this season. And that that's, you know, as he ages, that's one of the things that could definitely help him prolong his career. Well, sure. And, uh, and if he can do that, and then I totally think the pressure is going to be completely off Kevin Love. I mean, yeah. I think we're going to yeah. see some much bigger Kevin Love games. He's going to fit in and not fit out. All season. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but no one's going to talk about it anymore. Yeah, you know? I mean, if he has a if he has an eight point ten rebound game, it's not going to be like, why is Kevin Love scoring down? It's going to be like Kevin Love with almost a double double. You know, yeah. no one's gonna. It's not gonna. Yeah, no one cares. He's gonna get like so. the Tristan Thompson treatment now, which yeah. is like, yeah. as long as he's out there trying hard and getting a few boards, we'll gush about how amazing he is. <laughs> Tristan um, Thompson. Uh, oh, this Kardashian. Kardashian I just think that's a huge mistake. But you know what? <laughs> I hope again, it's, I hope it's again, the Cavs won. So if Tristan wants to go ruin it's his all career, gravy. you know, bump me out. But the Cavs won one. So yeah, it's yeah. all gravy. It's all gravy. That's right. So here's the I real do, question. I, I guess do. step away for a second. But um, I do think that Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, I mean, let's be honest. Kyrie Irving had a pretty bad year and he yeah. played well in the playoffs and he played really well in the finals but the the popular notion is that he's just a sick you know top five player in the nba the whole time and of course he played well in the finals because that's how good he is you know he's got a lot of fanboys, um especially amongst Cavs fans but i really do think that this will be a springboard for him and um you know, his shot making just continues to get better and better every year. And now he knows. I mean, he, he it's not a cliche to say he knows what it takes to win a title now. Well, um, I think he's always had I think he's always had that ability to hit big shots, to hit, you know, to hit clutch, you know, moment and to and to and to rise to the occasion. I think he would have done it he was doing it last last year. Uh, before he got hurt, you know, with with the kneecap game, um, yeah, you know, I mean, you you see, you you can see his progression when it matters on the biggest stage. He's a guy that that is that comes player. up clutch. He comes up clutch, he's a clutch and I player. think he is. And I think I think he will get better. I think he will. Look, he's always had talent. I do think I think he was. I think it took him a long time last year to really get back to his old self with the knee and with, with, you know, the conditioning and all, and all that stuff. I mean, we all, 
I know he had a bad year, but at the same time, we all, I mean, I, I know I forget, like, he re- didn't really start playing big minutes again until, like, really late, late in the year, if not, if not early January. Yeah. And then it was, you know, it was, it was a, it was a process, him coming back. He had good games and bad games. Remember he had that game in Chicago where he really beat himself up because he, you know, he's played so poorly when they, they really wanted to, to win that game. And he carried that into the playoffs with him. You know, yeah. I mean, he, I think he's, and he's still, it's so hard, it's easy to forget that he's still like 24 years old. Like, he's still a kid. Um, yeah. You know, Steph Curry didn't, Steph Curry wasn't Steph Curry until he was like 20, what, like 25, 26. You know, like it, it he had flashes of, of great stuff, but he, he, he didn't really become the guy that could like take over games until the last couple of years. So, I don't yeah. know, I feel, I feel like, I feel like Kyrie could have a very, because I, I kind of always felt like like Curry's that same kind of player. Like he's not the best point guard, but he's a really good he's a really good really good shooting guard who who's capable of handling the ball and and has great moves. But he's he, and he he's become a better assist guy in the last couple of years because that's evolved with Golden State's offense of you know motion offense. But uh, you know I mean in the early years he wasn't a great assist guy. It was, it was, it's, it's developed more over the years. So I do think that's going to start to evolve with Kyrie too. Cause I think the more they, they surround him and LeBron with shooters, you know, guys can just, they can just spot up on the, on the perimeter and, and, and just, you know, knock down threes. I think he's, you're going to see him, his assist numbers go up too. Yeah. And, and I, I hope so. And, and it's not as if he has played with amazing pick and roll finishers. No, how to get him the ball. I mean, Delhi, the kismet between Delhi and Tristan Thompson was great. And but uh, Kyrie always seemed a little better with Mozgov. And yeah. I think I, I think it was because Mozgov was a little easier guy to throw a lob to. Now the other part of that, the other thing that's going on with Kyrie is the big story that came out last week was the utterly ridiculous ranking that he was in the Sports Illustrated Top 100 NBA Players list was number 25. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Behind John Wall, uh, Paul Millsap, um, Kyle Lowry, um, Jimmy Butler, Paul Gasol, which is just (laughs) utterly ridiculous, Al Horford. Um, you know, Clay Thompson, you can argue, you know, this guy's probably better. Damian Lillard, how can you put him behind Damian Lillard? Yeah. He's better at everything and has won more than Damian Lillard. You know, you put him behind a rookie from last year, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, that the, this Sports Illustrated list is a joke, uh, Mm. to put. That was just last week. That was just last. That was last week. Yeah. Yeah. That's unbelievable. That, uh, yeah, twenty five in the have league. Their credentials Blake Griffin is number ten. I would put Kyrie at ten right now. Oh yeah. I mean, Look, here, Blake here's Griffin the can't... other. Here's the top ten behind Blake Griffin. Uh, you got nine Paul George. I'll give you that. You got eight okay. Anthony Davis. You got seven James Harden. I would take Kyrie Irving over James Harden in a heartbeat. Absolutely. I mean, Kyrie Irving has shown the ability to rise to the occasion on defense. James Harden has never shown that ability. No. Uh, you got number six, Kyrie Irving, number five, Russell Westbrook, four, Chris Paul, three, Steph Curry, two, Kevin Durant, one, LeBron James. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good list, but 
Kyrie Irving just pwned Steph Curry in the finals. And he's 25th, huh? He's 25th, and that's not even his age. He's still 24, right? Yeah, he's still 24. I, I mean, how stupid are people? E.G. I don't get yeah. that. I, I mean, honestly, that, that, that person should have their credentials yanked. That's just, <laughs> it's irresponsible. It's irresponsible it journalism. He is a top 10 player at worst and a top seven player. I mean, you. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I think 25 is definitely too low. I don't know that I think he's a top 10 player personally. I, in, like, I mean, I think that's right a little now. bit of recent. Tom, you just said you just said he hit the biggest shot in NBA history. That so. does. I agree that that statement. It doesn't. <laughs> that's not what the the poll wasn't. One of the top 100 no. shots in NBA. But history. I, I don't know. I don't see how you could take John Wall over Kyrie. You, I don't yeah. see. Yeah. I don't no, see. I, I don't see how you could take Jim, James Harden over Kyrie. Well, I really I don't. Put him in Honestly, I don't see how you would. spot in the top 10 right now. Yeah. I mean, Kyrie never beat up his personal trainer. <laughs> Yeah, I I would definitely have him in the top twenty, but I don't think I would have him in my top ten. I don't know. Look at the other guys in the top twenty are not that good, though. They're not as good as Kyrie. Who's in the Who's in the top? Better than Al Horvath. Who's in in the top twenty? And I'll say whether Kyrie. Okay, so here's eleven. Eleven is Lamarcus Aldridge. I take Kyrie over Lamarcus Aldridge right now. Uh, I would too, but especially in today's completely different. They're completely different positions, but number twelve, Demarcus Cousins. Also, a guy I would take. Kyrie Again, it's hard. Cousins. It's hard to rant, re- compare them because yeah, but those in two the guys NBA are like right now. Guard point guards who can score so much more no. valuable than big guys. I imagine you have to look at this like, okay, you're starting a team. Which how do you rank the guys in the NBA? Right. Yeah. So again. If you're saying you're starting a team, who would you rather have, Kyrie Irving or Lamarcus Aldridge? Kyrie Irving or or uh, Boogie Cousins. Cousins. Well, that's a kind I of a different say, question, but it's not really though. I mean, it's still the it's still the, that you're you're saying the top your top twenty players, right? Of course, then well, it's that's 13. different than if you're okay. starting a team. I mean, I feel like if you're starting a team, you're gonna weigh them younger players better because of the future. Versus if you're just talking about right here, right now, like tomorrow, I need a. I right, we'll keep team. going. Keep going, Nate. Okay, number okay. thirteen, Draymond Green, who I put above him. Oh yeah, he's definitely, anyway. I think, better than Kyrie. Sorry, I disagree. I mean, I can't stand the guy, but I think he's a better all-around player. Okay, next, fourteen, Kyle Lowry. I would take Kyrie over Kyle Lowry. I would. Uh, I, w- I, I wouldn't would have. Too. I wouldn't have I would maybe too. like earlier in the year, but like for yeah, sure. Yeah, but now. after the playoffs, I would. Well, yep. after the. The Eastern Conference Final, Kyrie yep. Kyle Lowry in the playoffs off on the road was not very good. Oh, he's terrible. He's terrible on the road. He yeah. was he was not he was not his All right. so. so I have Kyrie above him, yeah. Uh, number fifteen, Paul Millsap. Yes. Oh yeah, definitely better than Millsap. Wow, they had Millsap ranked fifteenth? Holy yeah. cow. Jimmy <laughs> Butler, sixteen. Kyrie That's Irving, Jimmy Butler one. is your father. That's a tough one. <laughs> Jimmy Butler's a stud. That's a tough Jimmy one. Jimmy Butler's but... really good, but he also pisses off all his teammates. Okay. That's a close you know? one, though. That's a close yeah. one. Okay, number 17, John Wall. It's not no, even would, close. you got to take Kyrie just from the Kyrie shooting ability. It, it's, it's not ridiculous, but no, he's not better than Kyrie. No. Okay. Well, because he can't hit threes. Kyrie so is again, a, Nate, a I, 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 He's probably in my top 15, Okay, but he's not in my top 10. Okay, Al Horford, number no. 18. No. This is ridiculous, actually. Clay Thompson, nineteen. I I would put him above the eight guys in front of him. Yeah, yeah, I would too. 
Clay Thompson except, would probably except for Draymond. Draymond is a top five player. No, like, he's I, not. I, I mean, oh my top, god, he's top, he's top ten. Stop it, stop dude. It. He is team. a defensive <laughs> player of the year. I candidate, and he was the best Warriors player in Game Seven. Yeah. yeah, and he's a oh man, he he is Charles Barkley with better defense. <laughs> I'll give you that. No, I'm not gonna I, mean, I, I, I think Draymond's a great that, player. And, my enforcement and that much more. Called it, he was the only guy that displayed any class at the he end was. of the game seven. Oh, he stop it! He's came, not a classy guy. Ever yeah, since the only then, guy that came out and shook the Cavs' hands. <laughs> Oh, whatever. Ever since then, it's just been videos of him <laughs> getting in fights or at strip clubs. And, 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 you know, tweeting junk his, his junk before yeah, the exact. Olympics. Snapchat yeah. his junk. Yep. He's either grabbing junk or snapping junk. <laughs> yep. He is not. I don't want to hear about how he's classy. No. Draymond I didn't Green. say classy. I said he was the classiest of the Warriors in, at the end of Game 7. That's that's yes. not the same. Was Draymond and RPM? Was he like Fourth he he was yeah he was he was top five I think yeah DeAndre Jordan number twenty no he's yeah, pretty over Kyrie over DeAndre Jordan any day. yeah I would too so yeah there Kyrie's, you go. I mean, top, that's, Kyrie's in my top ten I don't care what I cannot believe they had Paul Millsap fifteen on this list the other Sports Illustrated list they did the uh, best lineups of all time for every franchise and they had Craig Elo in the Cavs <laughs> best five of all time. Really? I was like, <laughs> what yeah, position? So, Shooting guard or small forward? Um, small forward. They had they had Kyrie Irving point guard. They called Mark Price a shooting guard, which it should be the other way around. Yeah. Then at small forward, instead of LeBron, they put um, Craig Elo, which he was not a small forward. Then wow. they put LeBron at power forward and Brad Doherty at center. I was like, they, what? They heck? put they put Craig Elo over Larry Nance? <laughs> yes. That's insane. <laughs> and a whole well, bunch wait, of other Larry Nance, players. Larry Nance was a power forward. Right. I'm saying you exactly. put LeBron at the three. You put LeBron and, at the three, which yeah. is what he's always played, on the Cavs especially. He had like one year of power forward in Miami, but that was it. So, yeah, it's Mark Price at the one, Kyrie Irving at the two, LeBron at the three, Larry Nance at the four, and I Brad. guess Brad Doherty at the five, you know? Brad, I mean, Brad Doherty was amazing. Yeah. I mean, he didn't last very long, but he was great. I mean, you know, you'd probably have a couple of guys you could talk about, but... You could talk about, um, yeah, a couple of guys, but... but what, about I mean, AC, talk about- what about AC? What about, what about yeah, Mike, just- Mike Mitchell? Oh, you would put AC over Craig Elo in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, but not over not over Kyrie or Mark Price. No, no, no. But I mean, at the top five, I put AC over there. You know, no, that's what I'm saying. The top five of all time, <laughs> and probably when you rank them by like win shares, when it's all Heck, done. Phil, Phil Hubbard was better than Craig Elo. Oh yeah, if you're talking about small. Let's forward. not let's not denigrate the great Craig Elo. <laughs> I love that's Craig not, Elo. That was not I my purpose here. It was read, just read, a read my Jordan piece. Read my Jordan piece last summer. I love Craig Elo. Is is PWI posting while under the influence? <laughs> because so, that just made sense. So moving on, and I got to step away for a second. But um, so here's the real question: the biggest question of the off season right now, Tom, is Jared Smith going to be a Cavalier next year? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, I assume so. Discuss. Well, I think with Jr. I just feel like um, he's he's past the point where he's just about chasing money. I think the Cavs was a this experience was 
probably more redemptive for him than any other player. Maybe LeBron got the most redemption out of it, but Le- but uh, J.R. Smith would probably be second. And so I think he definitely wants to stay on the Cavs. He's just, you know, trying to get the most money he can. I think they'll come to a resolution, and he will remain with the Cavs and remain with LeBron. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, I'm reading that. Me of, uh, and you know what else I think? I think he is going to become the next uh, Damon Jones, James Posey hanger on. I think he's going to, you know, in oh, four yeah. or five years, he's going to retire. LeBron will be in the twilight of his career, but he'll be such close friends with JR. JR will be some assistant coach or shooting coach or swag coach or something on the yeah. team. Well, here's and, the thing. Like, JR. He'll be a, like, a Cleveland guy. Like, I feel like he'll be a guy that will. Like his family lives in Cleveland, I believe. Well, here's the thing. Like there was an article, I forget who wrote it, and it might have been Varden, so I don't know. But um, but they just did an interview with JR where he talked for the first time about the contract and everything. And he said, yeah, I want to come. I, was, I mean, he didn't say anything other than just I want to be here and we're just trying to figure it out. And, you know, I mean, it sounds like he wants 15 a year and the Cavs want to pay him like, you know. 12 or 13 a year and they'll find some middle ground eventually and the truth is I mean he's already got his two daughters are in school here in or not here but in Cleveland he's he's set up his life I mean he something happened with JR when he came to Cleveland where he went from the nightlife guy to he's now I mean you see him at these charity golf events you know yeah. he's, he's in the Cleveland scene like he's doing things in town like he he's a part of. Yeah, he, he was in the pride right game the other day. He's still yeah. having fun, but he's grown up a lot. Yeah, sure. I, you can I, tell that. I think you can tell be... that. You can tell that in more than just the off the court stuff too. You could see that in the the entire regular season. He got so hosed by the reps. I mean, it was comical how oh, yeah, bad the Boston his game even the officials. reps admitted it was a horrible call after that Boston game they lost and yeah. he oh, he never let it get to him he never let it get the best of him he yeah. just and, he and just by the end on. he was getting calls yeah. which we never thought we'd see yeah so he um he showed a lot of maturity this year on and off the court i thought and yeah. uh yeah I, i'm just again i, I expect he, he's going to be back He'll be back. The Cavs do not win that title without him. No. He was such a ridiculously good spot-up three-point shooter this year, and he still has that ability. I mean, he's no longer the guy, like, right, the whole the, the narrative on J.R. Smith is he needs a guy closing in on him like a freight train with only a millimeter of space to shoot well. That's actually not true this year. He shot ridiculously well on catch and shoot wide open threes. He was he one still of the best in the well. league at catch yeah, and shoot threes. He was. He still shot well when people closed on him and he shot pretty well off the dribble. Basically, yeah. he's become in my opinion one of the top 5 three-point shooters in the league. I mean, statistically and just in terms of the combination of shot making and the high percentage. So they oh, need that, especially with Delhi gone cuz Delhi yeah. shot you all for most of the season from three point land, they really need that three point shooting. And I well, think they'll get they'll some def- from they'll get some from Dunleavy too. I bet. But and Channing Fry, yeah. I mean, you know, and Richard thing. Jefferson. We forget, we have yeah, we, we forget we get Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson back 
And those yeah. guys are here. That's that's pretty. And awesome. Channing for the whole year. I mean, Channing was really only what? I mean, it was only like a couple yeah, of months. A couple of weeks. Front. Yeah. But I, I think look, it's funny. The the tenor was so different last summer with the whole Tristan holdout, and you know, same same representatives with, with Clutch. You know, same kind of similar kind of situation. But again, like winning a title changes all perspectives where last year it was like, we have to sign Tristan. Otherwise, you know, it'll all fall apart and we won't have that guy that we need, whatever. And the truth is it's no different. Like we still need Jr. We need Jr. to be the guy, like Tom said, Jay, we wouldn't they didn't win the title without Jr. last year. But the truth is not unlike Tristan, there's not really many places for Jr. to go that would be viable. I mean, he could go to the 76ers, I guess, if they wanted to pay him. Um, you know, there's one or two other. It could go to OKC, I think, still if they wanted to pay him. But I just don't. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of options left. He doesn't really want to go anywhere else. He's given in every indication that he doesn't. The Cavs will pay, you know, mark at least market value for somebody of his of his age and experience. You know, he may not get the 15 per that he wants, but he'll, he'll get close and eventually. You know, they all they all realize like they're better. Everyone's better off if they agree to something. So it'll happen. It's just you know, it's it's that whole thing from like last year. It's like who wants to blink first? You know, who wants to? You know, there's and there's no there's no real urgency because what's the urgency, right? As yeah. long as he's in, as long as he's you're in by your training camp. Yeah, of course. But yeah. training and training camp's coming up, so. It'll no, have, I agree with you. I don't think he's going anywhere else. I don't think yeah. he wants to play anywhere, and I don't think I don't think he does either. Pay him, and that's kind of what the Cavs are banking on. Is like, well, no one else wants to pay you, but it's like the other side of it is, you know, pay the man his money. <laughs> you know, yeah. he he earned it. Now they got a bargain last year. Now you guys did not hear about. Uh, we talked a little bit before the podcast of J.R. Smith and Daryl Rivas getting into it this week because J.R. Oh yeah had a very funny tweet that said, damn, Rebus Island is turning into a tourist resort. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> just saying. And, uh, and <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Daryl Rebus uh, responded, uh, I'm heading to Canton. What about you? And, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> is that like a, they- like a threat? Were they I don't know what at it all was. when they were both? Oh, Ken, like like Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Were they tight at all when they were both in New York? Because I think weren't they there at the same time? Or yeah, JR I think they were. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And then okay. JR kind of finally followed up the exchange at the end with don't be sensitive, be better. Respect that someone got you and let that feeling remind you not to let it happen again. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. That's fired. Oh, yeah, but I mean JR Smith definitely I feel like, like you said, Tom, he's really kind of found his identity with the Cavs, and he always kind of needed that strong presence with him that kind of LeBron is, and clearly Carmelo Anthony was not with the um, with the, the Nuggets. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of finally feel like it's happily ever after. So, you know... Uh, one thing that's happening uh, that we talk that seems to happen every single podcast. Tom, what's happening to this podcast? It's getting long. It's getting in a the little tooth. long in the tooth. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
you know, wrapping this up, uh, what are you guys looking forward to as the Cavs head in training camp? Uh, any of these training camp invites going to contribute? Uh, what are kind of these storylines is that we're going to start looking to as we head into October? This training camp's about uh, two weeks away, not even that. Wow. So, uh, wh- what are you thinking, gentlemen? What's on your mind? What about I'm you? Not even you? really. I'm not even really thinking about it. I mean, I I feel like this whole season is the first, you know, up until Christmas is mostly going to be like an exhibition and like, it's just like going to mostly victory lap. Yeah. Basically like a Cavs victory lap and no one's going to get too bent out of shape if they're not playing well, you know, there'll be the usual sort of phony, um, anxiety over all oh, we need to be better or whatever. But <clears throat> I think it's going to be, um, I hope the guys have a lot of fun and they gel and there's just no injuries. They stay away from the injury bug and they they roll into Christmas, you know, 12 games over 500 or something, and then they hit their stride somewhere yeah. mid-season. I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm not too worried about the uh, the minutia. I, I'm, honestly, like, I'm really looking forward to, you know, any LeBron James team. LeBron loves when like unsung heroes get a chance to make an impact, right? He loves the Dante Joneses of the world scoring five the, the points. The Matthew Delavidolis. Yeah. Yeah. And so every time, you know, Richard Jefferson throws down one of those reverse dunks, every time Chris Birdman Anderson comes in for a block. Um, I forgot he's on the team. That's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's so weird. It's just going to be like such a celebration. You know, the yeah. Cavs. It's like it's like the same thing back when like Ben Wallace used to hit free throws. Everyone yeah. was just kind of. Everyone go crazy. It's kind of fun. It's like, hey, look. You know know what I think is a lot of fun is the Cavs have the same regular season schedule against the Warriors that they did last year. It's Christmas and Martin Luther King Day. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, we'll always have the holidays, guys. And and it's going to be so different this year. It's going to be the Cavs aren't going to be the team out for blood. The Warriors are going to be the team out for blood. Oh, yeah. But all the pressure will be on them. You know what? Yeah. I'm I'm actually I'm actually interested in this year, and this is something I wanted to to bring up, which was, you know, always in the past there have been these like these these demons we'd ha- we felt like they, this this team would have to get by. You know, like I always dreaded the the idea that they might have to face Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and the Heat in the playoffs, and that never happened. Like they never had to play. I and mean, now Dwayne's gone. He's in Chicago and Chris Bosh, who knows if he'll ever play again. And, you know, and it's funny, like I'm actually interested to see what, what the other teams do in terms of like this, this like trying to catch up and close the gap between them and the Cavs in the East. Because I feel like, you know, like I was, I thought the, I thought that the, the, the wizards would, were going to be more of a threat early on with that, you know, the whole backcourt versus backcourt. You remember that early in that, that first season back LeBron had when it was always going to be Kyrie and Dion against the, you know, John Wall and Bradley Beal. And that never really materialized. And then, you know, the Celtics were going to be this big threat. But that I mean, look, maybe that that maybe that'll happen this year where they they finally got somebody decent in the front court with Horford. But I mean, like they went out and got the, the one guy that Tristan Thompson dominates, you know, in every year in the playoffs. And then, you know, the Toronto seemed to get worse and. New York's thrown together this like weird collection of like, like they've doubled down instead of like getting rid of Anthony. Like they said, okay, we're going to bring in these old guys from Chicago and, and try to build around this 
odd, like, and, and we're the craziness of like Derrick Rose saying like, oh yeah, well, you know, it's us and the Cavs with teams to beat in the East. It's like, really, dude? Like, you haven't been healthy since like 2007. And, and so, meanwhile, like, he doesn't even get the fact that he's like the third biggest star on the Knicks. That's what I love. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like, not to mention he's still Carmelo not to mention he's still on he's still probably going to go on go on trial for like being part of like like that raping that. Oh, neck, oh yeah, so, and not oh. to mention that he's coming across as possibly the biggest creep in the NBA. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll and, we'll see, but I'm I'm interested to see like like will the Hawks be good at all with losing all their in, guys? Or? I am excited to see. Deion Waiters' offensive centerpiece of the Miami <laughs> Heat. I am excited about that. That is going to be exciting. fun to watch. St. <laughs> Weirdo in South Beach. Oh, God, that's going to be the best. And he he literally is the best offensive player on that team. He might be. And and what the hell happened to that team? <laughs> I, well, as soon as they matched for, what's his, for that guard I'd never heard of before, Last year, for like fifty million dollars, something like that. I thought I, I, I think Pat Riley might have just LeBron might have actually just driven Pat Riley insane. Like he might just be certifiable now. Like because I don't know what that team is now. It's bizarre. I think it was uh, Tyler Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Like who's Tyler Johnson? Like why yeah. is he worth fifty million dollars? Yeah, that was the most insane. Like how did the, that's the funny one to me is like how is Tyler Johnson making more money than Delhi? I don't but, know. Yeah, it, it's White so much side, fun. Whiteside just feels like a ticking time bomb anyway. So, Oh, yeah. I don't so, know. That Miami team is bizarre to me. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about this in the coming weeks. And so, like, the last question, all these uh, guys that the Cavs have named to their training camp in the last couple of weeks, are any of them going to contribute? Are any, you know, who makes the team? Uh, you know, you got Ligon. Um, my bet is that Ligon's ekes his way into the last spot, and you know, because he's got, the, he's a defensive guy too. Well, I think he's he'll... a guy that actually has a defined NBA role. You know, yeah. a lot of these guys that have to be high usage players to be effective. I mean, we'll see. I I honestly didn't watch a lot of the the Brooklyn Nets, so I don't know Markel Brown and uh, the other guy much. I don't know their games very well. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I actually got a real education from. From uh, Mike's piece uh, yeah, last week, piece. so, um, but I so I don't really I'm not all that familiar with them, so it'll be interesting to see. I think they'll probably have guys as fodder. I mean, they they they're gonna need to they, they need guys to play random nights in February. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So, uh, still out, still out the team in Canton. <laughs> Tom, any parting shots? Any uh, any tales of uh, Rocket League you want to lay on us? <laughs> Oh man! Any, uh, any softball stories from this summer? Oh man, yeah, definitely. Um, well, did I tell you we won our championship? Did you? You did not lose to the team you always lost to, huh? No, actually. So check this out. So this was summer league, so I'm playing fall ball right now. Playoffs start Tuesday, <laughs> but in summer league, in summer league, we lost every year to this team called the Good News Bears, and they're made up of a bunch of people that work for the local news. TV news station. So it's a clever name. And every year going back to like 2011, since I've been in this league, I have lost to this team in like the championship game, even when we would beat them in the regular season. And last year, I'm sure I told you it was just, it it was just too much. I couldn't take it because we beat them the first game, but it was a double elimination tournament. And so then we had to play them, Again, oh, and we lost the, despite we had a seven run lead in the bottom of the seventh and they dropped nine runs on us. 
And then we went one, two, three. Uh, or sorry, in the, in the bottom of the seventh. They, they were in the top of the seventh. Oh, man. And then we lost the next game, the actual tiebreaker for the championship. So that was like, I'm sure I shared those stories. So this year, once again, they're in the league and they're pretty much as good as they've always been. And we're a good team, too. And uh, it's the championship game. There was no double elimination for some reason. It was just one game. And it's a seven-inning league. It's softball, right? We won one to nothing in nine innings. What? Wow. That is that you you won. I let off score. I, I <laughs> let off the bottom of the ninth with a single, and uh, I was on third with two outs. And George, our manager, hit the only extra base hit. Well, I should say he hit the only ball that got past the outfielder the entire game. There was wow. like a constant 15 mile an hour wind blowing in from left field. So anything that you would try to pull just got knocked down in the wind. And then both teams were just outstanding defensively and both pitchers were outstanding. And that 15 mile an hour wind, the pitchers were using it to their advantage and it was actually making it kind of hard for hitters to, you know, do anything with the ball. So you just hitting it as hard as you can and everyone's just pounding it to the shortstops, third basements, or hit anything that got up in the air was just knocked down and the outfielders caught it. So two teams that are very good teams, only one. We didn't have a base runner until the fourth inning. Our wow. first nine batters were out. Got, so you're um, saying you were the game-winning run, Tom? I was the game-winning run. In the ninth. Run. In the, in the in ninth. ninth. In wow. the it was bottom. a walk-off. It was a walk-off, You yeah. were the Tyler awesome. Naquin of the... Yes, uh, yes. Did you do the, the, the Texas horns when you got to the home no, plate? No, but I did chuck my hat up in the air. I was actually pretty pretty psyched about it. Well, yeah. That's so a, was that's it your second thing. best moment of the summer? Yes, the <laughs> second best moment of the summer. <laughs> and funny. so now we're in fall ball, and um, we're pretty good. We, we actually got kind, of a, we got kind of lit up by this new coming team. Um, at first game of the season, we the were mediocre <laughs> news bears. <laughs> I think it was sort of like I think it was sort of like ring night for us. We kind of had that hangover. <laughs> yeah. I was actually I was actually I was uh, flexing on him a little bit. I was wearing my summer championship T-shirt to the game, and it was close for a while. And then it kind of got away from us a little bit, and we lost by six or seven. <laughs> so I think we'll probably end up playing that team again in the finals. <clears throat> Hoping for better things. Yeah. But Rocket League is getting more and more popular. Um, Rocket League's first ever LAN, local area network championship, was held in uh, Los Angeles or was it San Diego? I can't remember. I think it was Los Angeles uh, in uh, early August, I believe, or mid-August. And it was great because, you know, Rocket League has servers in North America, in Europe, and in... Um, you know, Southeast Asia. And for the longest time, people have basically thought that, well, Europe is just better overall. At, the EU is better at Rocket League than the, than NA, North America. Well, <laughs> so check this out. So this team from North America has this kid named Kronovi. And he is probably the most popular. Just a probably one the most Kronovi. He's probably the most popular Rocket League player in the world because when the game first came out, um, he was featured on all these different like YouTube videos. As and people basically said, everyone considers you the number one ranked player in the world. 
he was sort of, you know, so this is about a year ago. Everyone's like, well, this guy's the best player in the world. And, um, you know, over time, um, he, that started to fade. That reputation started to fade. So his team uh, was not favored. Well, first of all, I should say this. Another guy on his team, some people consider might be the best player in the world, and he left mid-tournament for health reasons. So they <laughs> arguably lost at least their second best player, maybe their best player. What did he have, and, like carpal tunnel? <laughs> no, it was like a, it was like a depression. Oh, oh my so, god! Now you feel bad for laughing, don't you, Nate? But uh, uh, as someone who suffered <laughs> from depression, no. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so. So this guy Krenovi and his team, um, Cosmic, they're called Cosmic, and they have a they have a sponsorship with some computer building company called iBuyPower. Um, they're the fan favorites because everyone knows who Krenovi is, right? But they are not um, favored to win this tournament. And uh, it was a double elimination tournament, and they beat all the best European teams. Um, they beat all they. they um, so they were in the championship game and they hadn't lost uh, a, like a, a set, right? So they could have lost a best of seven, I believe, and then played again for the championship because there's like the loser's bracket. And they were playing against the best team from uh, the EU, a team called Flipside Tactics. And these guys are largely considered some of the best players in the world. And um, so Cosmic... <laughs> I can't they, believe I can't believe how long this story's gone. Yeah, on. So, no, but it's just it was awesome because Cosmic won Sabertooth. They they won. <laughs> they won the land. It was the RLCS, the first Rocket League Championship Series, and so despite the fact that um, based on you know a lot of statistics and a lot of networked play or a lot of uh, internet play. They were not considered the favorites. They just upped their game, and they had great team chemistry. And the they funny the part Cavaliers was... Cavaliers of Rocket League. Here's the, fun, here's the really funny part. So, like, a week or two before the RLCS, um, a bunch of... They, they had a bunch of, like, player in-depth profiles where they'd have these little movies of players. And so one of them was Cronovi. And so they, like, followed him around his hometown, and I think he lives in Atlanta or something like that. And he's just talking about... Yeah, you know, when I started, I was kind of considered like one of the best in the world. And I know that, you know, I've kind of fall, you know, I've kind of fallen off that. But he's like, but, you know, I'm going to basically he was like calling a shot a little bit. Like, I'm going to win this RLCS and I'm going to get back to the top of the mountain. He's, and not, he even called, he's not SI's top 25. He, no, he's but he, he, <laughs> he basically was like, I'm going to I'm going to make a mountain like that you know and you're going to try to knock me off but you know I'm just going to keep climbing and you're, I'm going to knock you off kind of thing like I'm going to be king of the mountain or whatever so it was just kind of <laughs> cool that the guy that you know really it, and so anyway you can find like people talking about this on Reddit and um, so they do weekly rankings and even after they won the RLCS the people of the official like Rocket League ranking committee did not bump cosmic to number one and a lot of people were like what you, you're crazy this was like the most important event by a mile in rocket league esports <laughs> history and they were kind of like well but it's a different environment you know land is different there's no ping uh and they had a hometown crowd and some people get nervous and it's just it's just like one event it doesn't 
It doesn't, you know, so they're debating so you, so you're saying it's like the 2015 Warriors. <laughs> exactly. So it was like, yeah. It, so this guy on Reddit made this really cool comment where he's like, I think you're thinking about this all wrong. Cosmic and Kronobi is just like LeBron and the Cavs. Like they had some injuries and they dealt with some adversity. And yeah, they didn't seem like they were the best anymore. And then they won the whole damn thing and were left saying, why did we ever doubt that like LeBron wasn't still the best player in the league? Because like the last two years, it's been like, oh, Steph Curry and oh, Kawhi Leonard and here comes Anthony Davis. And LeBron's not winning MVPs anymore. And it's just sort of like a given that he's handed over the reins to these newcomers. And so this comment in Reddit was like, that's kind of how we were looking at Kronobi and his team. And then they win. And it's like, he's the LeBron of Rocket League. So I just thought that was pretty cool to bring it full circle. But yes, yeah. you really did bring it full circle, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, E.G. Any uh, wow, no, that's man, hard to top. No, I, I think we just that. need to end it on that. Yeah, I, I can't top that. Uh, no, no one can top that. No one can top Tom going. Tom going yard. Talking Tom about going Kronobi. ham. Tom going ham on Rocket League on, on Kronobi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I still take Kyrie over Kronobi. Yeah, I would take Kyrie over Kronobi <laughs> if I'm if I'm trying to start a Rocket League team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just excited for this season to start, even though I don't think I, I'm with Tom. You know I don't what? think I, I th- this season is going to be so much fun. I'm going to watch so much. I'm not going to have that anxiety. Yeah, just it, it's just going to be a blast. I agree. So, as always, this is uh, Cavs of Blog signing out. As always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blog podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.